0: Uh, good evening, welcome to the Batalbot Sports podcast, the season finale, because we and Josh are basically uh, fucked. Um, I'm done with you now, first. Yeah, we're done, we're done, we've had a couple of good episodes and we're done. But Josh, classic uh, question, like every week, how are you, bud?
1: I'm good, but I'll try to change the answer this week. No, I'm seven. It um, yeah, works busy. I've been, uh, been a rambling fella.
0: I did I, see uh, you uh, a rambler.
1: That seems to be the uh, the end thing. at the minute, rambling. So yeah. I think uh, I think Michael Sam wants to start up at the top of Ramblers Club when this is done.
0: Yeah, now rambling.
1: But what
0: a open with the Mar does or something. Not- Mar does
1: yeah. versus the top of Ramblers. Pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going. How are you, bud? What we've been up to?
0: Yeah, good. Just been doing a lot of uh, Six Nations previewing and work. Um, You'll Notice how passionate to get and uh, patriotic you get when you work in a school in England because everyone writes you off before before the start. And I by the end of our lessons, I'm thinking Wales are on for a grand slam against France in the last game of the Six Nations, but about an hour later, I start to settle back down and think I'd be happy just to be at Glacier. So, uh, I was, um, we, we got a beer of the week, Josh. Um, it's, a, it's our guest's favorite beer. So, do you want to, do you want to crack over that?
1: It is, but um. So have a look. This week's Be The Week, Budweiser. Um, again, for it, you know, like last week, everyone thinks San Miguel was from Spain, but it turned out to be from the Philippines. This is a bit similar, Budweiser. Although it is American beer, they're in a legal dispute with the beer in the Czech Republic Oof. for the naming rights. So that's all, that just looks like it's ongoing for the last 145 years, that is. That's
0: like a quid of the stars, that is.
1: Brings the stars back and forth. Said somewhere that they've got, uh, it goes under Budweiser in 80 countries, but there's a couple over in uh, Eastern Europe that are not having any of it. So it's under the Czech Republic name it is. But yeah, another solid BFL of 4.5% over the UK. Mm. Stronger in America, it's 5% over there. And uh, it makes up 60% of beer sales in America.
0: Yeah, it's pretty pretty um, famous over there. I do like a Bud. It won't be my go to, but I'm uh, I, it has been one of my neck and norm uh, picks a couple of times over the summer. So uh Self uh, between
1: King of Beers.
0: Yeah, you could say it. It's um, our guest is obviously got game tomorrow and he don't want to drink because he'd have Biden down his throat, getting fiver for a night out before a game. So uh we let him off. We're not drinking tonight. But uh Josh, here's to uh the beer right, right we-
1: Cheers, bud. Guest
0: um, again to our guest, um, a very well-known but all guy, had 41 cup, international caps. We had this dispute with a good mate. i day die, die as earlier. He fought uh, it with but I said that, uh, the answer included your three Lions caps. Um, Ospreys, Gloucester Dragons, uh, the Tybach, the Quinns, and uh, once uh, Hubert Richards at Abraham Fighting Irish. He also has played for the veterans. I've XXL's and Andrew Dacey would want me to say So he's a he's a bit of a journeyman in there. Uh, <laughs> 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 but ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lions Test series winner, um, Wales Grand Slam winner, wins, Wales Championship winner, Mr. Richard Abud. Rich, how are we?
2: Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Thanks for having us on. No worries. How are you uh, feeling about tomorrow?
0: 50th cup, congratulate on 50th appearance. Congratulations. Oh uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it would be a good one. Obviously, we don't have much games or be cancelled over Christmas and uh, after Christmas with uh, the Europe and stuff. So it's three weeks of conditioning or uh, uh, older man conditioning with the Watt bikes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're looking forward to good playing. Yeah, what, what, what do you think would have been
0: tougher? Your... Conditioning on the walk by God, Jason Larkman's preseason sessions for the Quinns.
2: Well, I wouldn't even like to do Jason's sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I think you used to forget how much, he, uh, how much running hurts.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think uh, I spoke to Lewis Cronin in a week and he said, oh, I've still be doing running because if they just spring preseason on us, he said, I'm not going to the Jason's, we not doing nothing for 10 months. <laughs> like, yeah,
2: fair enough. Yeah, uh, I looked at um, some of that stuff and thought, oh.
0: Do you think? Uh, just quick uh, preview tomorrow. Obviously Edinburgh got a few boys out, obviously playing on Saturday. Do, do, and we just spoke about your, your Christmas performance. We're pretty good. You just didn't get the rub of the green. Do, are you tagged in tomorrow as a as a must win, or is it a game you can think you can win? No.
2: Yeah, I think uh we got. Uh, so it's not, a, not Edinburgh. No, <laughs> it's was, I it was this week.
0: Uh, it was Edinburgh. I was looking at the TV times. It was Edinburgh. Sorry, apologies.
2: <laughs> I'm not cutting that out, food.
0: i no, 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 And the bloke who's doing rugby for a living, like, you know, and he's,
2: he's just... Unforgivable, like, that. That is. I know. Uh, no, it, it, look, it's a big period for us. We've got seven straight games in seven weeks now, so uh, five of them are at home. Uh, so it's, it's important we get some sort of little run. Uh, it, it's all about uh, experiences. Like, we were in Champions Cup this year, but obviously if we haven't got to experience it with no crowds or no... You know, well, you're not even allowed out to the hotels when you go away now, so it's uh, you miss the experience of the Champions Cup, and the boys really deserve that. So, so if we got a good run of games, it's, it's about trying to push but get back into that for next year.
1: I, mean, yeah. I was, was gonna say, Rich, it's a question we've been probably asking ourselves forward in when we've seen each other, but obviously, you play in there, what's yeah. it like without the fans and stuff now?
2: Uh, it's not so bad when you start in, uh, that's not too bad because once you're on the pitch and it's all happening around you, you don't really realise about the, uh, you know, it sounds weird, but uh, you don't really realise. But if you're on the bench and you're watching, uh, 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 watching the boys, uh, watching the boys, you can hear the hits, you can hear the the crap chat, you can hear hear everything, (laughs) the crap messages off the wall boys. So, no, it it is different. It is... uh, and you you do miss them. You definitely miss them. You can imagine like, we played out in what uh, oh, was it Bordeaux. You can imagine how packed that would be and how much of a class town and a few beers after the game. But like we didn't get to experience any of that. It was just uh, an empty stadium, freezing cold, and straight home after the game. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna
1: say, is it is it literally a case of being shipped straight in, play, shipped back out, straight back the hotel job?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. it uh, look, flying is the, the the most riskiest part of it at the moment. So, we've uh, uh, the budgets all gone out the window and they chartering us planes. Though. Uh, so, we go from a little plane in the private airport in Cardiff and you're straight into the hotel. You're not allowed out to the hotel. Uh, not even allowed to go out. Everywhere's locked down anyway. But you're not even allowed out for a walk or nothing. Uh, and then you just stay in your room. It's a pain in the ass when it's like the the eight o'clock. Oh, the French one was a nine o'clock kickoff. Oh. So you get there the day before, and then you got to nine o'clock in the hotel all day, just watching terrible movies. Uh,
0: and uh, and we've seen a couple of clips uh, popping up. You're not know one who likes to get wound up in your tail over. You, you know, you used <laughs> to chuck in a few chairs and uh, and, and whatnot. Well, so I can't imagine you waiting for a nine o'clock kickoff.
2: Uh, that was uh that was many years ago and my my temper was a lot shorter. Uh nah, those boys had been on to me all day, winding me up all day. And uh they, they uh asked me to put a movie on because I seemed to be the movie man with the laptop. So I finally said yeah, okay, I'll come down. Come down and they still carried on. And well, that was it. I flipped my lid. Uh the nose behind me, chuck ch- je took my laptop, went back to the room. <laughs> and I popped a little <laughs> So, uh, so obviously, just we talked about growing up. You're, um, you're a Fairfield boy,
0: born and bred. Yeah. Um, very, very proud Fairfield man. And you, were, you went to school in Glenarvon, Um, that's that's right, did not it? Yep. Yeah, Glenarvon boy. Um, you started playing at the Quins to start, when not You you, were, you started down at the Quins.
2: Yes, yes, yeah, very young at Quins, yeah.
0: And then obviously you you and moved on to Taibah and. Um, what memories of, of local sport or playing as a kid for the local clubs? What what um, experience have you taken from them into your your professional career?
2: Oh, huge. Like, uh, I started off the Quinns, very young. Uh, and then I think I stopped playing for uh, a bit. And then I went to join back up. Uh, uh, went to play with all my mates. And the Quins didn't have a team of my age. Uh, so, went to join the Stars. Uh, and the Stars just folded at the time. Uh, Under-15s, I think I went back. And then it was Tony Staten and uh, Steve Gard got the tie Barker. It was like a, a big mix of the Dufferin boys and uh, all the Stars boys coming up, and it was just a good mix. They all ended up going there, uh, so I forced suit. Uh, so we ended up Taibach, but yeah, <laughs> Uh it definitely shaped me, uh, <laughs> from the pantomime to my first yard of bow, uh, so yeah, it's a definite experience, a uh, local club.
0: Uh, and ask, we, we'll ask the first question uh, from the public on Twitter, Sean Kayford asks, do you remember your first game of senior rugby for Tybach away to Nanty Mall in 2002?
2: two?" <laughs> I can't remember what I had for breakfast. Manti uh, <laughs> Moyle, uh, I can remember when we went up there uh, with the youth team and they had a few ringers out, senior players, and filled in one of our boys. Uh, I can't remember. No. No. We, we got, there's, a, there's a crack in and he replied
0: um, to this one. Uh, ask, I've been told to ask him about the incident with a cricket umpire on, uh, on a stump on a tie-back tour.
2: Uh, uh, you, you're not supposed to mention tours, but that was the Cronin's. The Cronin's sort of uh, decided to do a, uh, an invasion of pitch with a lack of clothes, and uh, <laughs> the umpire got in the way, and the stumps got in the way, so they ruined some <laughs> poor local derby cricket game. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, a <laughs> again, that was time I feel, but, uh, yeah. as yeah. the time of Ackfield. That's forever.
0: They're a good club, and they? they're good social. off the field, and obviously yeah. you've mentioned the Panther and, and and you, you as as we we'll discuss, um, you you've as you see on the Lions tour, you're a bit of a a social uh, committee man, <laughs> and, and I think that's probably shaped from your local time in Broughton. But so obviously you broke into the professional game, me and you're both Swansea legends because we both had uh, a couple <laughs> of years at Swansea. Um, Fucking hell. <laughs> I mention that every, every time. Anyway,
1: this needs to be a drinking game going forward. Every time uh, Ford mentions he played for Swans, he will...
0: Um...
2: Oh, you would be on the bench four times.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I, I started a couple of games, didn't I? And then I, I went on the record-breaking run of having 11 travelling reserve appearances uh, in a row.
1: So... Oh, come on. Come on, mention the charge. Don't...
0: No, no, I don't mention it this one. I'll mention this
1: one. Complete, uh, complete the bingo card. Go on.
0: Complete the bingo card. No, I'll not mention this one, but... Obviously, you went and played for the Swans, you played for Abraham a couple of times when you were involved with the Ospreys. And um, what, what was it like um, breaking into the Ospreys? And, and obviously that uh, we spoke to James Huck about in that loose goose called uh,
2: Lynn Jones. Uh, it sort of just before that, with the Swansea days. The Swansea, I sort of went when I was in my second year youth. They came in for the 18s. Uh, that was the experience in its own. I think it was myself... Uh, Bradley, I think it might be Fender at the time. Uh, we all ended up going over, and it's the year they went into an administration, so That's where awesome. we thought we were playing for the 18s, all the big dogs walked out, uh, and the 18s and the other like, oh, bin juice had to fucking play the games. then, didn't they? Yeah. So I think my first ever experience of it was Pondi the way. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. I uh, walked into the toilets. The toilets are joint toilets, uh, and there's a jinx standing there going for a piss. So I'm thinking, "Fucking one of my heroes." And then i ended up the kid playing against them. So it was it was good. And Tim, and in fairness, helped me and supported me loads with that, with the going over the Swansea training and stuff. So it, they they did really help. They even met the team manager just to make sure they had all the right intentions and stuff like that. So. But then, yeah, Osprey. So I played... So Osprey's uh, incepted in 2003. Uh, I was playing for Swansea, obviously, still at that point. Uh, And Lynn grabbed me the end of that year, I think, uh, end of the first season. So it was just just into 2004. Uh, See if I would come and sign for them. And Yeah, I didn't really look back. I was playing... I was the de- prop early days in my youth. Uh obviously found the gym, lost loads of weight, went uh tried my dab at back row. Uh, <laughs> that was uh I can remember Lynn's uh, the, the meeting to the day. He said, Look, Rich, you're gonna be an average back rower or a good hooker, it's up to you. So uh in fairness, I took his advice and uh I didn't really look back.
0: Yeah, he's uh he's a I I've uh, a couple of obviously you he's, uh, hear uh He's a good coach for thinking of the box, and, and he's probably uh, a decent first coach to have at professional level. But oh,
2: he's, not... he's an eye opener. I can remember one of my first <laughs> meetings. So, you think, oh, from one of my first meetings, getting the team meeting early, watch the videos and analysis and stuff. Sat in the front row, nice chair, got there early. The older boys started filling up, filling up, and a few of the boys started starting at the back. And I remember him saying to me, Rich, get up, let one of the real players sit down. Oh, you never went to the first practice meetings. What well, you do is think selection by bibs. So, uh, come Monday, he's walking around the barn in a nasty. So he's giving bibs out. So obviously the bibs are going to be the starting fifteen boys. He walk over you, go to give you a bib, shake your head, and give it to the guy next to you. <laughs> evil bastard, you know, but uh, well, even in a good way. And and to be fair, to this day now, Lynn, one of the cleverest coaches. Uh, I've come across. So the stuff he looked at or the little subtle cheats he taught us was just just phenomenal and that's the way he looked at it. Uh, I think his downfall yeah. was like those little things like the manager stuff. Uh, <laughs> you Selection by bibs, and you piss off with enough boys to get uh, get annoyed. So it's uh, but yeah, some of the stuff was amazing.
0: Yeah, and I think what i look looking at is, is Russian side though especially in the last World Cup. He probably used that to his advantage because he didn't get stuffed. Obviously, they played; they lost thirty points to Ireland, but you thought they didn't get stuffed. But he probably this little smart thing Still, were working for it because they kept Ireland, uh, kept Russia in the games, and not to be a bore. So, if uh, and like I said before, if there's one crazy cat who's going to look after the crazy cats of Russia, there's got to be
2: Lynn Johnson. it. Yeah, he's perfect, I'm, surprised he's, I'm surprised he's still alive out there, man. <laughs> I I'm surprised he's still got both hands out in Landars- in Abu Dhabi. To be fair,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so obviously you you were a part of that success, really successful Osprey side, and and you know and you were part of a, a team that, that hosted a lot of internationals. And is there any uh, specific standout games um, in terms of I I obviously remember watching the Leinster game, which was. Down to, the, not, down to the latter stages of your Ospreys career, but that game when when you won the final, the Pro 12 final out there, for 30 2011, 30. yeah.
2: 2011, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. The whole experience of the Ospreys is, because it seems so long ago now, well, it was so long ago, it, it just sort of all merged into one, do you mean? Just the opportunity to play with some of those blokes I played with along the way uh the Philo's, the Jerry's, the Martys, uh, the Justin Marshalls, the Ricky Do you know what I mean? Uh uh the the foreign boys. The, the imports back then were just just for not uh just unbelievable players, do you know what I mean? Uh, Philo came to us at 38. And he's still to this day one of the best players I've ever played with. Uh so I look the, look mostly all fondly. Uh but yeah, you're probably right that I think it's a final. Uh they've won the like Heineken Cup the week before. Uh they come out with the press and they staying off the booze because uh, they want to do the double. Uh and not many people go out to the RDS and win. Uh so out there, uh yeah, we 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 nipped it. Uh I think that was one of Shane Williams' five retirement games, I think it was. <laughs>
0: Well, well, enough, one of share we lived his retirement games it was a, uh, it was still, it was Joe Biamonstadu and Stag do one, one of them one, and uh, the minibus took you up to Cardiff. Uh, I remember that and there was a couple of Dragons boys, a couple of Ospreys boys on there, and we we got invited because you were my father was taking up, and that that was another one of his last play tries at the. Uh, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, he had about fifteen retirement games. The only person I know do. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: One more then Shane Williams or Rory Best. Oh, definitely Shane. I would be surprised Shane has a retirement game next year. <laughs> Honestly, are oh, he plays in the Six Nations? Yeah. He popped up in the Lion store and he, he came out of I don't know out of nowhere and played in the Brumbies game. I,
0: I I remember that. Dude. I we must it must yeah it was a Saturday obviously so I was I've like done. Um... I'd been out the stage Road. I got home and I was uh, eating a take. And Sky Sports Club, Shane Williams called up for the Lions. And I must have that was as i am So I woke up the next day and thought, I remember, I, I must have been uh, dreaming about it. I looked the next day and he's running out for Lions training. Oh, man. So I that, that, boy, that boy's got more for a Dumbo muff. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, by the <laughs> way, that was the only game we lost on that tour, man. So, uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No <a> shame. <laughs> So, the, talking
0: of um, you spoke of the um, the foreign players, and and like you said, uh, I think when they had come over, they were proper players coming over, and you don't you don't really see our coming into the regions at the minute. That like the big names like Jerry Collins, who was an absolute superstar for New Zealand, coming to, to the Ospreys, and, and what what impact did he have? On, on the Ospreys and, and yourself, like I know there's some great stories about him uh with a dart board and, and chucking the dart at Osprey Lear and going on the piss and, and <laughs> buying the T V for a club and what what any any obviously he was a great asset to the club. Um any any favourite Jerry Collins moments?
2: Oh I think every moment was Jerry's favorite. Uh I think he went out every night of the week. He had a taxi driver it would take him everywhere. He'd go for a few beers. He he was an amazing Bear mind, like uh, just before we signed him, he just got sacked for uh, headlocking the Toulon president. I think it was. Uh, we signed him because um, Philo. He was a bit scared of. Not scared of Philo, but he had massive respect for Philo, so he, Philo can keep him in line. I think it was the following year. Then Philo retired, uh, so the real Jerry was let loose. Uh, I think we played out in Munster in a league game with the Hidington Cup games coming up the week after. We lost. We took a, uh, quite a, a tuning up there. Uh, and Jono said, right boys, no drinking now after the game. we got a couple of big games coming up with the Heiding Cup and stuff. So like, we have a couple of beers in the bar. Uh, quite when We get back and dust ourselves off. So uh, I'm thinking, alright. A couple of beers in the bar. We all go down. Jerry comes down. Yep, cleared it. We can go out. Huh? Yep, yep. Cleared it. We can go out. You didn't speak Spain much either, Jerry. It. Uh, I'm thinking, oh no, yeah, something's not quite right. So, all right, yep. So I think it was a magnificent twelve. I think was twelve of us went out. Uh, we ended up going to a lock-in in a bar of one of the Munster players. I think one of our fullbacks at the time filled in the finance director's son on the way in the taxi on the way home. Uh oh yeah, it was it, it got a little bit loose. Uh, but it turns out then we get back to the next day. Jerry had cleared it with John o. So Jerry has taken us all out and then we were in deep shit. <laughs> but no one would tell Jerry off either, fuckers. Um uh, yeah, he was he was a different creature to be fair. He was phenomenal. he He'd go out for a few beers in the midweek, and he'll be up in his longs deal gear the next day, seven o'clock with, with one of our fitness coaches shadow boxing on the pitch. So he, he was just a complete different animal. Uh, and to be fair, he's still quality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he came to us. His shoulders were a bit knackered. He was he was a bit older, but he still he put it in the eighty minutes every week. It was just phenomenal to the watch uh, another one M- Marnie Holler he, he like if he was a seven in any other country he'd have at least 50 caps he, he was that good and I think even if you were lucky enough to speak to tips ask him how much of an influence he was on tips uh, all the stuff yeah, he showed him and stuff uh, true seven
0: yeah and I, I think definitely he was he was superb for the Ospreys and uh, so they, they had big names and, and the big thing they weren't coming just to pick up a paycheck all the boys even right. when Ricky January come from it was like a month's loan or something he still performed and yeah. he was a bit of a loose character I think Ospreys just, just used to pick up loose characters and, uh, <laughs>
2: oh, well he, he, the way he turned up was brilliant so we had a few injuries and we were playing out in Viadana so we've gone to this pitch I mean I say pitch it's, it's like a park Is uh, it worst on that pitch we trained on in the summer uh, uh, yeah. uh, it's no grass, it's just hard mud. Uh, and we see this guy coming across the pitch, very out of shape for a nine, <laughs> carrying a carrier bag with boots in. I'm thinking, nah, it can't be. It can't be. Uh, it just looks like someone's just coming back from the shops. Uh and it turned out it was Jer- uh Ricky. Fuck me, he turns up in a carrier bag, belly, good sized belly <laughs> on him. Fucking, he, he played that game. He had a fucking stormer, he had a stormer for the rest of the season. I think he had six months for us. and again, he was a great, great character. He's a uh, some of the nines we had at the Ospreys were just uh, just crazy, like yeah.
0: Of, uh, well, Mike, Mike Phillips, not, not first class, he's world
2: class. I know, no, but uh, we had champ just before him, just in Marshall, like, yeah, a legend in all black, and he, he was a. Superb player. He's a bit uh, different off the pitch. He's sort of... Uh, he's almost like football material. Where he'd say we play on a Friday, he disappeared in New York till Monday. So uh, he he was wild. And he didn't like the British money. So uh, say so he went to the, the calf up in the Landarsi and he'd pay her a 10 and she'd give him like £6 coins change. He'd leave it on the table. The 80 coins. <laughs> <laughs> or he use different gravy. Uh, yeah. Then we had Nut Brown, we had oh we had some Spice. Uh Richard Yeah, Jason Spice. Yeah, yeah. Reese. Uh, Liam Davis, we Rod Wells. He would have been in Swansea with you.
0: Yeah, right. There's many a tales being told about Rod Wells in the Swansea change rooms.
2: He's a good boy, Rods. Uh, yeah, obviously Webby. We just been ridiculous with the scrum we had.
0: So it just um we'll we we'll bring him up because we brought him up in the you you were fortunate enough and your and your, your career's kind of like paralleled by the end that you end up in the same club, obviously but all the boy uh, James Hook. Um he's a, he's I think he's probably one of the most talented players to come out of Wales. Um and what what's your thoughts? Because he didn't leave a mark on you one on, on summer, but there's a big, big soaring question, and a lot of people want to know <laughs> in the next and we've got to cover it later, but He's been hanging out there for four weeks, and people want to know who it is There's well, okay. some, we've, we've been taking
2: bets <laughs> Mark Luke, our okay, he's just trying to get back at me because I scare him all the time uh, <laughs> he, he's a he's a bastard he followed me everywhere, so we go to Glen together uh ospreys together, first caps together, end up in Flippman Gloucester together uh just gonna get rid of get rid of the fucker uh but no he, yeah you're right he was unbelievably gifted player wow. a shame really because he was so good at so many different positions you just get sort of floated around that way you know what I mean uh, and you just fill the voids in where they need the voids and once the voids are not there they don't sort of pick him but for me he's just like you said one of the best talents to come out of, uh, out of Wales
0: yeah I, I certainly agree with that um, Josh uh, any questions on the Ospreys I was a uh... As Ospreys, like, I was Ospreys I still support the Ospreys now, and now we see them doing well a little bit more. Um, it's, it's going well. But when I tell people in in midfield that I like, support the Ospreys, there's a bit of a laugh because obviously they're like, "Boys, they used to be good. They used to be very good." But yeah. uh, Josh, any questions about um, about the Ospreys?
1: I, th- I think it's something we to touched upon with James as well, and obviously you know Richard's. Is- Let's talk through a lot of brilliant stories, there. and I think like an interesting question from us is: is Rich now obviously you know like with the Dragons, you're you know one of the more elder statesmen in our side now. Do you think well, it, it definitely has, but how much has that environment changed for the for the young players coming through now?
2: Uh it's it is it's a completely different environment now. It's you know, I have this conversation all the time with the other boys, and yeah, it's completely different. Obviously, I think you look back at the teams then. But all the other regions were the same. They were chock a block full. Do you mean not just one international, but two, three deep in some positions. Uh, it, it's just berserk. and uh, it, it was so tough. When you, back then, when you were ready, you were ready. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you were chucked in, only when you... Because of, of the quality and, uh, and stuff. Uh, but it's, it's tough because of the like the budget grew everywhere else around the, around, the, around the world, in France mainly and England. So the Welsh budget didn't grow as much. So you couldn't attract those superstar foreign players that have massive, massive influence on your squad and the young boys uh, coming through. Or you don't sign the quality that helps the squad, do you know what I mean? Or you haven't got the budget for a big, big squad. So it it, it is different times, but... Uh, like what they do, and they bat in well above the league for uh, in the world for budget and size of countries, uh, and that's the one of the amazing things. You look at that period of Wales just had with and uh, And you, you think with the, with the four regions and and the amount of people we got to pick from compared to everyone else, so it's just it's some some hell of an achievement, yeah. You know?
1: Well, you know, I got to flip side of that. You know, you say like obviously with the budgets and stuff, and and the money coming from France and things. Do you think a positive side of that, though is there's probably like there's more opportunities for more youngsters now? Whereas maybe like when you first started in your era, there might have been a, like a group of players that if they were coming through now, they would have had a a crack at it, rather than back then they might have been either let go or, or just released back into sort of the club system.
2: I, I do, but I think then the The league underneath was better then as well i think the 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 prem was class, obviously the first few years of the prems was uh, was top quality because it was all the boys who didn't make regional rugby uh were a little bit too old or were quite on the cusp and some of the teams were just ridiculous and <laughs> that was just a hard enough league as a, as, as it was and uh I just yeah. It's been. Yeah. Know, you're
0: basically saying, Rich, that that the prime was hard, and now they have ahead, there's like me running around.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, Ford, <laughs> Ford would have been like uh, probably Quinn's seconds uh, that sort of era. <laughs> 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 That's what the? Uh, but no, it, it's different times. It was, it's uh, was always a tough place to crack with with clubs and regions and stuff, uh, and monetary boundaries, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I think we'll, we'll discuss it later when we go on to the Dragons, but we've had this conversation about the budgets um, and how the Dragons have got a... They punch above their weight. Even, they get a lot of stick, but when you look at the depths of it and, and you talk to someone who's involved in it, there's there's a lot of background that the Dragons do so so well and yeah. what they're doing. But as, as you were talking about players coming through, there's another question. Sean Curran asks, who's the best um, Welsh player uh, you've played
2: with who uh, hasn't had a cap? Hasn't had a cap? Oh. All right, there you there are. There's a, there's a young second row with us now. Uh, he's through the t- 20s and stuff. Uh, ben Carter. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's going to be very, very good. Uh, I almost say he's he's good enough for fill the boots of someone else we you who's likely on his uh, last couple of years, you know? Uh, he's He's quality. He came in. For us, we're, and even Dean said it in the meeting after, he said he's never seen a uh, youngster come in. Uh, youngsters don't make effort errors. They normally make uh, over-effort errors, do you know what I mean, where they've tried too hard. And he came in and he had a complete performance. You know what I mean? No mistakes for roles, no mistakes for a lack of experience. He was just, fair play, he's one of the ultimate professionals uh, uh, coming through. Uh, he knows all his stuff. Very, very quiet. Nice boy. Uh, I think he could go uh, a long way, to be fair.
0: Yeah, so Ben Carter's the one to watch for. And, and as you, you you've, you as a hooker, you've got to have a good uh, relationship with, obviously, the props and, and them, them two big gooses behind you. And uh, we, we'll talk about him now, as it's a Six station special as well. We'll talk about him now. Uh, Alan Jones, um, what, a, what a bloke.
2: Oh, he's phenomenal. He, he is. He's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, from day one, he's been phenomenal. He's always been the same. Do you know what I mean such a uh, competitor? He, he's ridiculous. Uh, he's always first on the pitch, last off the pitch. He's that type of character. Do you know what I mean? And even in the early days, you wouldn't wouldn't have to say too much. You would just—he's the type of person you follow. Do you know what I mean? Because you know he's putting his head where he shouldn't be putting his head so you don't mind doing the same for him. Uh, I remember one of the, the test out in Australia for the Lions, and uh, I think one of the messages came over, Al's coming off, he, he looks a bit tired. I just and This was uh, a line-out, I think it was in the year 22, and he sprinted from the line-out to the subs bench just to prove a point that he wasn't freaking tired. He's, he's just that type of character, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to keep at that level for so long, is just, he's just an incredible achievement. You know what I mean, I mean he, he, he hasn't changed. In the last 10 years, you haven't, he hasn't changed. He, he doesn't look like he's, going worse. He looks like he's getting better, which is uh, the scary thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Super and I, yeah, and, I, and I, I think there's a lot of, especially outside Wales, a lot of, that they wouldn't pick Alvin Johnson, you, like, you pick him just for his, for the, for the personality. Mode. And and now we can, he, he would go and I think he may not play it, it could come in the Six nation though. He may not play his best rugby, but come that's some African tour and he knows that he's got to step up. I I would be more than certain that he would probably be one of the best players on the tour because that's that's his personality. He would he'd rise to the occasion and and I'd surprise a lot of people. I know a lot of people in Wales would say, Yes, he deserves a beer. But when you go outside of Wales, it's like Alan Jones passed in and then you say, no. What watches bloke in the big games? I think, like a game like England now in Cardiff, even though there's no fans, I think he'll be the guy who, who will, who will drive it and potentially playing against Ireland. Sunday. you know, James Ryan's probably one of the favourites to go to Lions. Maro Toji against England. I bet Alan Jones will come off. our field making sure they haven't. If they get a better of him, they've worked bloody hard for
2: it. Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, and. I use an example. Uh, Paul Carroll, who came on the the Lions in twenty thirteen, he, he was quality player then. He was a little bit getting on, but it was the massive mark respect for me on that is where Paul got injured uh, middle of that tour, but because of his personality, his leadership, his his input, they kept him out there with the squad, to help us through. So, uh, Al is. Everything, but not Paul Golland Do you know what I mean? And he's exact same stature, exact same leader, uh, and that's, that's that'll be big down in South Africa. Even if it's what he does in the week, you wouldn't see on the Saturday that that will help the squad. You know.
0: And we we'll, we we'll, we'll move on to, to to your Welsh career, and you made of debut in Argentina. Um, then a couple of games in Argentina. So so. As a, as a boy from all about, what was that feeling when you had the call up, obviously the goal to Argentina and then that first cup?
2: <laughs> well, I nearly fucked it up, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, obviously, I was playing for the Ospreys at the time. I think Tybach had a a touring game against a, one of the, some team, uh, either the Texas or Irish team or something, on the plough, on a Wednesday night or Tuesday night or something. And I decided, dipshit, fucking played and I and... Uh, made a tackle uh, I didn't want to tackle anyone hard so I made a standing up tackle and the guy's led with his elbow and snapped my bicep off the of the tendon so I uh, my first thought was oh fuck how oh, am I going to hide this from the space?" so I had to wait until the Thursday till training to pretend I did any the training uh, I uh, had the op uh, I can remember coming around from the op and the surgeon Jeff Graham at the time he came he goes, "Rich." I got good news and I got bad news. Uh well the bad news is the op failed, we couldn't repair your bicep. Uh the good news is uh Wales have been on the phone, you were available to go on the tour. So uh as soon as the cat heals, you're you're good to go. So uh, it was that. I didn't have no inklings beforehand about going on tours or or they even looking at you. Uh otherwise always wanna be playing on a Tuesday night down in the plow, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: your your first coach was obviously garen jenkins and you had two years of him i know i, I know he went uh, to australia with him the year after and and you've said some stories about that well what was he's he's a bit of a a Welsh legend as well in terms of his coaching do you think um it was the wrong time for him as a as a coach or just he didn't get the luck or
2: uh, yeah i think uh chippot was one of the best characters i've ever come across uh, as a human being uh, let alone as a coach um uh, and, yeah, I think he was about uh, 10 years too late as a Welsh coach. Uh, his mindset and mentality was classed. You know I mean, it was proper old school, uh, brilliant stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember going to Australia uh, and our jet lag protocol uh, uh a few nights on the piss when we got there, just so you we know, kissed him to sleep. And, uh, and he's saying, uh, what was his rule? His rule was, uh, boys, singing's, singing's fine, spoons out of order. <laughs> uh, that was, that was of <laughs> so yeah, he was amazing. Like I said, he's an amazing human, and he is, uh, yeah, a little bit too late to the party. Uh, and the way they treated him after that World Cup uh, was was uh, was shocking. To be fair,
0: yeah, you you hear some stories of like on the guest speakers and the way he got sacked, and yeah, and, and and you think for for someone who's who's um, applauded as a, as a Welsh bloke and not just as playing. We agree with his coaching, and then just to be dull on. he just went off into the sunset. Really, did he? Yeah, yeah. Come back and done some academy stuff in the scarlets, and
2: which is such a shame, really, and uh, which is because uh, he was a uh, was uh, a character to be fair.
0: Yeah, and I think you obviously had a couple of caps, but I think when people stood up and took notes, who in a Welsh shirt there was a certain um, uh, tour to South Africa, and in the first test when when. Uh, <laughs> the team was getting a bit uh, stuffed and you come on and I let Josh uh, carry on with this because he's been wanting to ask the question and uh, I've got a fun fact after it ended to, to, uh, to add in with it. But Josh, uh, I'll let him be, uh, ask a question.
1: I think, yeah, I think as soon as, uh, as soon as you come on, Rich, I mentioned to my old man, the first, the first thing he said straight away was uh, the South African. I think this moment sticks with him and probably me as well sat on the for watching that test when, uh, you obviously came on and then you had uh, CJ van der Linde one and Stephen Camp and the other uh, driving over some uh, some boardings on a side and uh, uh, a question from uh, George Kinsey was in that moment when you had one in each hand uh, what was going through head? do you think what the fuck am I doing there was it a case of uh, I've committed I, it, now I'm going to carry on
2: I think it was van der Linde's best going through my head it was one of those moments where they you know, just grabbed you and then also, he, he's taking a swing. Uh, I was more gutted that uh, I probably lost the fight because there was two props. But I actually lifted my shirt up as well and my drum came out as well. <laughs> uh, and we watched back the video and you just see uh, getting Jenkins at the time. He looked over. He thought, ah, that. Nah. And he went <laughs> off the beat. So, uh, yeah, he just left me to it. Yellow card later and then, what was it? Well, think I had two minutes that game after that.
0: Yeah, I I think you, you started the second test, anyway. I think that just shows uh, the sign of and we we'll discuss him later about the sign of Gat, he just loved a bit of that niggled and he has an himself. Before he must yeah. have thought this boy from Fairfield is a bit of that bit of my light in and uh, he likes a bit of a scrap.
2: Yeah, he must have, yeah, I did start the second test and uh, that was that was a it was, it was a good one to be fair. Uh, I don't know if I was quite ready at the time. Uh, with my accuracy and my uh, uh, lineup stuff, scrum was, it was fine. Scrum's always been fine, but uh, but no, the second test was fun. Again, we nearly beat them that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was in the Blue Ball Stadium. Again, that's just the experience, to, just to play in there. To be fair, so. Uh, yeah, he does love that. And Sean's the same. Sean, Sean uh Edwards are the same. He's a, he's a bit of a lunatic. Uh, so he, he likes lunatics then. so <laughs> <laughs> I can remember he had me, uh, <laughs> what tour was there? That was the South African tour. I, I had to come up extra conditioning in the mornings. So you still have to go down and do some boxing and stuff. Uh, and Sean would be down there and he would be shadow boxing or boxing on the pad and the thing in. So I have to go down. I'm strong. He's chose to go down there. I'd be made to go down there. So I'm not wanting to be there. And he goes, "Oh, Rich, uh, see me doing both. Doing boxing. You don't fancy a spa? I, oh, <laughs> here we go." Uh, and he goes, "What well, we'll do? We'll do one, two, three, and uh, the other guy. You go one, two, three shots. and The other guy keep guard up. So you just you just absorb the shots." So I thought, okay, fair enough, Sean. Sure, sure, I'm not a boxer. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he thinks he's a boxer as well so he uh, hits me first time one, two, three I tap him back one, two, three. Second time he hits me quite hard oh, I'm thinking oh you, <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to dent me uh, you know, oh, cheer Sean so I do one, two, three again and I think I've come around with his guard and I hit him right square in the ear uh, <laughs> I, I reckon I shook him but he He's got like <laughs> some sort of like tinnitus or something where he, he, gets, he loses his balance. <laughs> so he called it a draw at that point. <laughs> he said, Oh he said if you rip me away, you I have to go home. I have to leave the tour. I have to go." Uh, but I definitely, definitely wobbled him. I, I rang up a call That'd be a great pay per view if it had Edwards. If it Edwards, he's a he's a lunatic. I swear, he's not a lunatic. <laughs>
0: he's, and, he, and he's such an interesting character. He's a lunatic, but he's very, like, religious as well. He'll go to church every Sunday. He's,
2: yeah, and i got to give it to him, he's one of the most oh naturally gifted coaches I've come across. You no, know, his passion is, it's not his detail he comes across. He doesn't give you much detail or stuff, but his passion is put into his defence, and that's what makes his defence so good. Do you know what I mean? Uh He's such a, a quality guy, and he really, really loves his stuff. So, he, yeah. he was another one good, good to work for.
0: Yeah, and he, and he, you, you, they say a lot today. Obviously, the first Six Nations campaign with France, and they say it's been a difference mentality. And you think, how how does he get it across? And and you uh, he just, he's just probably learned that. And they said a couple of times, I think The rugby pundit, he just learned the French phrase for fucking smashing.
2: Yeah, and exactly. That, that, yeah. That's it. Get off the fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> Get off the fucking line, and you can't be injured. Fucking in, in defence, uh, <laughs> uh, that's his two favourite things. Uh, he you'll make you get off the line. Long as it's not back in front of you, get off the fucking line, kid.
0: He's, um, and I, I, think he would obviously. Um, you can see why why the new Welsh coach and staff wanted to like make a new start. But I think obviously he's missing. But um, a, a, a mate of yours, Merlin, uh, Geffen Jenkins is now in charge of defence, yeah, uh, which is a good opportunity for for someone in here, you know. And yeah, and, and he, and, uh,
2: obviously, I think I I really want this this uh, class of coaches to su- succeed. Uh, obviously, I had Hamps Hamps was my forward score for the Ospreys. Yeah. He, he made me one of the players, I, uh, the player I am today. The, the way he uh, helped me with the scrum and stuff. Uh, you got Steve. Steve's a classic uh, broke and a very gifted player. Uh you heard nothing but good things about his coaching. And then you got Mellon who's who's just been chucked in. Uh so yeah, you, you really want this, this group to succeed. There, there there's three good Welsh coaches there that you, you, you want to see push on, you know what I mean? Where years have gone by where it's not been Welsh coaches and uh but those those three are, uh, are good and they're not not that old, you know. So
0: uh, yeah, and then another mate of obviously John Thomas who played with the Ospreys, has got the Worcester head coach. Yeah. some great young Welsh coaches in minute, and hopefully, um, Wales will. I I think Wales will have a good chance this year. I think they've got the two big games at home um, against England and Ireland, and then you've got to try and stay. Obviously, France away is going to be going to be tough, and and yeah. Scotland away. If Scotland get a good, and I think um, Scotland could beat England the weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know they're going to be tough, but you've you've got the the historical tough games at home, and I think imagine imagine now, especially after being nearly a year in lockdown, imagine having seventy four thousand in air for England. There be there be people paying for blood run there. So that's, yeah,
2: and that's that, that's if I had any concerns about the games, it's it would be the lack of that home advantage of that in that melting pot that is the stadium. You know what I mean? It's, it's it, that gives you an extra ten percent on his own. Uh, but the closer roof it gives you an extra 15%, you know what I mean? It's, it's just a phenomenal place to play in front of and <laughs> hell of a crowd with the daff hats are playing. Yeah, of.
1: well, I was, I, I was going to say, Richard, like, is it is there any way you could put into words what it's like to, uh, you know, walk out in front of 74,000 uh, screaming Welsh fans in the Six Nations clash against England?
2: It, it's madness. I, I go back to the day that, uh, that 30 points to three results and, uh, to this day, I've never experienced anything like it, even on the Lions tour. Nothing whatsoever. The atmosphere in that stadium was was thick. It's the only way to describe it. It was thick. It was in the air. You know what I mean? You could just feel it. It was like uh, 74,000 people breathing on you. Uh, it, it was just berserk. And there's it's no way you can describe the, the feel of it. From the, the bus ride down the street uh, with the horses guiding you in, to walking out and just see what the pitch is like do you know what I mean so it's it, oh it's crazy good it is uh, it's, it's hard to explain and,
0: and, good, so, and, I, and I think that campaign you obviously didn't start
2: you, you weren't involved in the
0: first game was you the island game so you, so take, I, you, I, you I, won the Grand Slam basically the, the rest of the boys won the championship <laughs> you, so, uh, you know. uh,
2: no, I had an injury I did uh I can remember the the like I was pushing to be fit for that game, and we were out for a team meal on the Monday. physio, he's, a, again a good character. Uh, I think he's been there since the first ever Welsh rugby team. He's been there a long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he pulled me after a few red wines. He said, "Rich, lucky like, you're not, you you know, no good for this weekend." So I missed that island game. And in fact, like we were thirty two points. Or was it? 33 points down? Yeah, we I, flew, I, lost, I think we lost 30-23. We were 30 points yeah, down. yeah, Yeah. And it was just... It by like 32-30 or something in the end. Yeah. So it was... Uh, but then I started the next game, which was France away. Uh, and Ben, that at that time, it was like, I think we were on like nine straight losses from the tour, the summer, the autumn, uh, and then that, losing that first game. So you can imagine what the Welsh press are like. Mm-hmm. They're bad enough now, let alone uh, yeah, <laughs> losing yeah. Nine of the bounce, uh, yeah. The, fans were starting to get on your back, but it just sort of brought that squad together. Even the coaching group just all got super tight and went out to France, got a result. That's the game where George's dad ran on the pitch, uh, yeah.
0: That was amazing because that, that yeah. we were in, um, we were in the scrum five final the next day as the stars. Yeah. And obviously, you knew who that game was, and then they brought it up there. And, no, no, it was berserk. Uh of, If uh, obviously, um, if Josh, do you know the story? I think obviously for the listeners, if they don't know what the story is, can you uh, just elaborate on uh, on the story?
2: Oh well, well, George has scored in a good try to be fair, and you just see some 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 guy trying to invade the pitch, run over to give him celebrator. No one knew at the time, but it turned out it was George's dad running on the pitch to celebrate. <laughs> uh yeah it, it was class to be fair once we found out um but no, that we out to italy we we got a result there uh scotland uh away so it was it was, it was three middle games with three way games so mm. so we we got the scrappy result up in scotland but we we got the result and then england run for the grand slam that year and it was it was tons of talk about them coming down uh, uh was off the park with physicality, and uh, I think I've been young saying that. Um, I, like, it was no talk because we had to beat them by eight points. It was no talk of that whatsoever all week. Our whole sole goal was just to go out there and just beat them. It was one point, it was two points, it was just beat them. Uh, and to beat them the way we did, it was just oh, incredible. To the again, I say about the atmosphere, the, the pace of that game. I think the only other one I've been involved, yeah, I've been involved well, two games. up uh, I, the the sheer pace. So I look at the clock. I uh, was thinking, right, please be about thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes. Oh, I got to get off of here and have a rest. I looked up the clock, and it was about twelve minutes gone. I'm thinking, fucking hell, how am I going to last this? Um, I looked over and Adam Jones was there. <laughs> he was blowing just as much. So I was happy then. Uh but no, it was just physicality, the pace, the intensity, the atmosphere, it's everything about that game was just incredible. And that, that campaign was magical to be fair. It was. And I I, I remember the week before, obviously you, you I think
0: a good mate of ours, was Dan Williams, uh he put he puts a bet on him to score every game, first try scorer, and <laughs> and he scored against Wales uh, in Scotland. Yeah. So he got all this money back anyway. And uh obviously it was a scrappy win. And 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 then I remember funny enough, being on a Sunday club watching it with with a good mate of me and Josh's Lewis Johnson and Italy scored right to the end to to close the gap. And he was like, right, Wales we'll need to win by eight points. And it, when we're in the it was and this is probably for every part of Wales. Soon as we had eight points, you're like that there's a chance. Yeah. But as the week got on, you're like, uh, no, there's not a chance. And then Saturday, everyone was like, we're going to win it. We're going to win the championship. <laughs> and the atmosphere, and it, obviously the atmosphere in Cardiff was mental, but I think everywhere in Wales, and this is what I love about the Six Nations, and, and, and it must be amazing for a player, everywhere in Wales was pumped like you were in the Millennium Stadium. I remember being in the cricket club watching it, and it felt like we were in the Millennium Stadium because it was oh, it yeah. was pumped.
1: I was, up in, uh, yeah, I was up in Aberystwyth, I was in, you were in the SU, and... And when I was there, the, the split between English and Welsh students up there was something like 70-30 English. So I am sat in the SU, packed the SU, um, project the screen down, white shirts everywhere. You know, swing low was going in, uh, blazing. So I'm sat there with the boys in my house now. And as this going on, you could just see the room just emptying, like, of white shirts. And by the final whistle, but it was just a sea of red. And people had obviously come up to watch. Everyone, everyone had gone. I think everyone I was living with went home. I obviously stayed out. I think I, I think I ended up um extending my overdraft on uh, on the phone in the SC just to crack on like but then we said on James when James up was on, he's like, those type of performances, I think, are the ones that everyone who wears knows where they were when it happened, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know, like the amount of pride we took from it for it. I can't imagine and like the feeling you had, Rich, when you were on the pitch and our final whistle went and you know, you just abs- you know, absolutely thumped England at home.
2: To be fair, once I got subbed off, I was about 55 minutes. I went inside and I hid because uh, I just didn't want anything to come back. to Come on, <laughs> and I think we scored two more, and then I finally come back out. Uh, so yeah, it, it was just incredible. And then the the, the ceremony after it, where they turned the lights out in the stadium, and you could hear everybody breathing. Then it was you couldn't see a thing. We just yeah. you feel them, and it's just uh, it, was, it was a special moment.
0: I, I think across, it come across the ref, Mike, but uh, amongst all our 74,000 people, there was one hit in the game that uh, that hit across the mic, and you and can hear Eddie Butler describes it quite perfectly, and we'll speak about the guy who hit, the boat, hit in, a, in a later part of your career, but um, I think, obviously, you had a massive part in that game, and you and just seemed to you just seem to have these these big hit moments in, in massive games that mean something to to the teams you're playing for. So, obviously, that set the tone. I think we're a half hour in. Um, it was a bit tight. England were a little bit on... They, they were getting their foot back in the game. And then, all of a sudden, this big, blonde bombshell came out of nowhere and smoked uh, an English prop. And then it set the tone there. And I think, um, obviously, that performance from you and, and your performance in the campaign set you up for the tour but what was that what was that night like in our weekend like the night the Saturday night after the game and then probably the Sunday club you had and maybe the Monday club if it were if it went down We if a if Quinns had won something like half of the league we'd be out till a Thursday probably
2: it's quite difficult because like uh, oh, uh because of the time obviously we the Saturday night I think we went the fruit bars after the after the game and stuff, the misses were there, so it was good. I think we had a few beers on Sunday, but on the, I'm not sure we did that year because we had to go straight back in with the Ospreys because we had games straight away. And obviously, yeah, this is the point where the the squad started to get narrowed down, mm. uh, and it weren't like so as soon as they wanted you back, you were back, you know. So I think it was straight back into the, stir, the stirrups the following weekend. It uh, crack on, yeah. So, you don't get to, you, to be fair, you remember the games more the celebrations. Yeah. Uh, and you, you're normally so fucked. It's such an anti-climax because come about two in the morning, and then all the adrenaline sort of dropped out of you. Uh, that's when you, you, you sort of feel all of what you've done that day. <laughs> uh,
0: and and, and actually, it, you, it, that's the thing, you saw, so, and we feel it as, as local players, like, you feel the, the, the effects of the game after like by the end, like when you're in the welcome, like all of a sudden it just stops you or B2M and imagine playing in one of them and you think, right, I can't move yeah. You see you, you <laughs> not, not, not the greatest thing. You are try, trying to bust a move and, and they go, Fuck, ah, I can't move. So you have got to get on. But um leading on from that, you you obviously um you got picked for the lions and um rightly deserved and it's it's the pinnacle of, of any career they say, but what, what was our experience like? Um, obviously, you didn't you didn't start in the first two tests, so up until after that second test, what was the the experience like?
2: Oh, again, it it was just incredible. Like, so to be picked, like we don't know either. We're like, so not Six Nations. They come around, measure every squad, so every home nation: Scotland, England, Wales, and Ireland, in suits for the. If you were lucky enough to, and your kit sizes and stuff, so you have got poor souls trying on kits so that are never going to wear, <laughs> be worn. You know what I mean? Uh, and then you don't find out. You get a, a like a preliminary thing saying that you, in contention of like seventy players, I think it was. So basically, all of all of all, of the, all the, the squads, you know. Uh, and then you find out like the day or the day <laughs> with the TV as well. So I can remember me and Lou in the bedroom upstairs in my old house. uh, Watching it live. Uh, and they, obviously they went Hartley. They went Young's. So after Hartley, I thought and they went to Young's, I thought, oh, it's H U. I thought, oh, it, nothing, no chance. I didn't even expect to go on anyway. And then he said my name was just Berserk. And he's just the next fucking oh, he's just the next day he's just bonkers. You're trying to reply to all the messages. Uh your phone dies twice a day. Do you know what I mean you try it's berserk? And it's 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 a world of experience. There, eh? it's just press conferences. We, we we all all the Welsh boys went down to Margan Park, met the the four regions, and did the the, the boys selected. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was incredible to be fair. Uh, turning up to the camp was a weird one. Obviously, like I was I I had a few caps along the way to that point, but. I was never saying I was out and out thing so I was still a bit nervous you do get nervous you know you you sort of always have your questions do I deserve to be here and stuff and stuff? so you can imagine it's like first day of school turning up there uh, you play against these fuckers and you hate most of them so you, you have to go and try to befriend them now so it, it's interesting it was interesting and Katz he is a, a clever creature in fairness in getting squads together He's a typical old Kiwi where he likes a, a beer to bring the squad together. So we did that. And uh, and then the next 10 weeks, it's sort of like a whirlwind. And because I was always, I think I played nine of the 10 games in that tour, uh, including the midweeks. So the only one I weren't involved in was the, the Western Force game. Uh, so it, I, honestly, I didn't have time to think. Uh, and it, it was 10 weeks and it just went by so quick, uh, but it's incredible. It, I like you would swear you weren't away from home. The amount of fans out there, you, everywhere you went, there was just fans everywhere. Right? It was just like your home games. It was just ridiculous. It was, it was crazy.
0: Uh, so yeah, and and it just just the fast forward it brings you onto that third test, and um, there was a lot of. I think that the, the obviously the classic rumour mill starts about that there was a lot of uh a heated debate in the selection meeting between the coaches about what they were gonna pick and and they've they've gone for ten Welshmen and then obviously the, the big one about uh, Foxy playing instead of Brian O'Driscoll and and stuff like that. And, and did that that week did the obviously did the selection have a big issue on your prep or did you just go kind of thing as a team? I know I know probably the obvious answer is yeah, you didn't expect it, but obviously the fanfare that comes with the Lions and and obviously Brian O'Driscoll being dropped is is a massive news story. Did that have any effects on your prep? Or to
2: be fair, that's another master plan from Gats. So I think he's expecting us to win the tests, uh, to win the series on the second test. So after that second test, they've taken us to uh, Noosa, uh, like a, it's like a holiday place, and because it was out season, it was winter there. It was literally. No one there. It was just us in this hotel to ourselves, and for two days we got on the piss after the second test. And uh, and to be fair, that worked so much. We didn't we didn't train on the the Monday or anything. We just we went there. We had a few beers. Two, really got got sunk into some beers together. Do you mean? And it just locked everybody's guard down. Just let everybody relax again. It was no fans around there. It was no. It was a couple of media people, but they said they kept far enough away but so you're sort of in your own little bubble do you know I mean this is a holiday complex just us uh, we didn't train much that week we didn't train until I think it was the team announcement so it was that Thursday I think so uh yeah and it was it was interesting it was interesting calls and stuff and yeah I know Brian was dropped and stuff but again he, he's just a class human being uh, again everything you see about him, see him on the TV and in the media, it is true. He is such a uh, a classic gent, you know. He was one of the first ones to go up to Foxy and shake his hand. Yeah. Uh, the abuse Foxy had off social media was just berserk. People telling him to break his leg and stuff. So, so, so Bod could play and he's just nuts. Uh, but again, yeah, he sort of, because Gats is uh, a clever fucker, he put us in that little bubble. So we were away from the media, the way from the what was going on, do you know what I mean? So, these big calls, we, you didn't really, it weren't affecting us, do you know what I mean? We weren't in, in the middle of it all, we weren't doing any of it, and then, was ready for the big game.
1: I think, uh, Jonathan Davis, and, I think he did an interview in the week, when he was meant, he was, uh, the asked of the Lions, and he said, uh, before the, as the team was announced, and, uh, Obviously, just got dropped. He said, "I sat, I go in. Fucking Ellis is gonna kick right off in a minute." <laughs> yeah, after after it happened. But uh, I don't know, like you mentioned social media and, and stuff like that. And like we've talked about it before, for and we, and I think we brought it up with James up as well. But like especially over the last couple of years, it's just got ridiculously toxic now, isn't it? Social media. It's a, I mean, it's a platform for everyone, and their dogs to sort of target individuals and things. Isn't it? It probably just like quickly just go back on ourselves a bit, I suppose, like the new court we talked about the new and staff of Wales now coming in taking up you know taking over from Gatland and you know uh, an era where you probably punched above our weight in the world in two semi finals, grand Slam's championships and stuff, and um like the abuse that everyone gets on social media is just ridiculous so i just wondered have you have you suffered much of that like personally on through social media? Or do you try to keep like arm's length like
2: you do try to keep away from everybody. Social media is, is part and parcel of the day of life of a rugby player now, do you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I think, well, I, I can't remember who said it, but it's, uh, if you said what you say on social media, in someone's face, you're going to get a smack. People are just used to not get a anymore, do you know what I mean? Uh, and that's where it gives the people a platform and like, you can't please everyone, you, you all these fans. If you go well that means that another three nations hate you. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it, it's, it, I love Twitter and, uh, and stuff because it does, you are closer to the fans. Do you know what I mean? You, you're closer to the fans than when I first started playing. Do you know what I mean? They, 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 you're more accessible now. Uh, uh, you, they message you and you, you talk to them. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's a great platform in that sense but some of the viral abuse you, you, the boys get after losses. and Like, no one goes on that pitch to have a fucking bad game. I don't go, and go right, I'm going to miss fucking five line-outs here. I miss two tackles, and it costs us a game. Uh, I was lost on my plan that day, so the people reminded me of the game I lost five line-outs, two missed tackles, and lost us a game. Uh, chase for that, but uh, I didn't plan on that going down, do you mean? Uh, uh yeah, so it's, it, it, oh, yeah, you get it, you do get it. And you just gotta, f- you think, will these people say it to your face? Nah, uh, if they would, would they fuck? Uh, you just ask him to come down to a training session. Let me uh, let me make up those tackles I missed. <laughs> tell them come down to Fairfield it eh? Get them down to Fairfield and all Road and then a yeah. game on. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, they want not survive down there.
0: Uh, we'll we'll talk about him later. We we'll definitely have a topic on him later. We'll uh, there's been some questions from uh, the players who coach at the minute. Uh, there's been a few uh, questions from him, so we will we'll answer them later. But obviously that third test, um you you obviously the, the lions start well with Alex Corbisiero and and obviously now he's he's battling cancer. Um he had a great series and a great tour um, yeah. coming on late and, and now battling cancer. But a great try and then Australia get back into the twenty two and uh it like you said, like in the twenty thirteen game of Wales England in the twenty thirteen Lions series, uh someone with a boy from Fairfield makes a big hit to uh to set the tone. So Josh obviously wants to talk with us again and I let I'll let Josh uh, lead lead the question in. Oh uh,
1: let me talk with uh, just before coming on and uh I was I was trying to look at some articles earlier from from after that game and uh I text forward is a little the little sort of a quote I found, which I think sounds pretty good. It's, uh, Richard uh, Richard Barr has proven he's the heart of a lion, the eye of the tiger, and the outer shell of a Sherman tank. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> it's not a bad way to be, uh, be described, <laughs> Richard. <is it?
2: laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, do you know what? That hit was more accident than planned. Uh, I've flown at him. Al Zaf got him, and we've just clashed heads. I thought he have sat me down here because I fell off the tackle. Uh, it was a, it was a good third. Both hit the deck, and I've gone back. So I bounced on my feet, thinking, "Right, get back into it." I didn't realise I nearly killed the bloke, and he was stuck on top. of and win. Uh, yeah, it was a. Yeah, it was a, it was a good moment. You know I me mean? Uh, I think I had loads of uh, again. That's the good days of Twitter. Uh, I think Piers Morgan had uh, a head like a fucking diamond uh, <laughs> uh, and stuff like that. Anyway, yeah, it was a a, a good shot and uh, how he came back on the pitch, I don't know. <laughs> well, that was the, the, the start of all the concussion protocols and all that sort of stuff then uh, after that game, I think it was
1: we talked about it for me and like watched the clip earlier the noise the noise that hit obviously straight away but I think I said the when you uh, spoke before we came on. I said was there a point obviously you jumped up but what was there a point you thought fuck I'm fucked you
2: <laughs> I didn't know I didn't, I weren't I, it, again it was another I think it was about half of 12 in the night The way I realised I was fucked that night uh, <laughs> uh, but no it was uh, it was I thought fuck I missed tackle I, I got to get back up um uh, so you, you sort of bounced your feet. Um, I clapped him with the scrums beforehand. That was even worse than that one. So, yeah. and, and that's and that's
0: Lewis Cronin uh, has asked. Um, he's he's asked the question, aren't there? Sorry to jump in, but where is it? Uh, why did you collapse after the Australia the, the scrum for layers? Did did it? Was it the pressure of the scrum? And then someone
2: sent one down the pipe. <laughs> no, you don't get. This. No one sends someone down the pipe uh, anymore. Um, <laughs> last time I got sent down the pipe was Andrew Milward sent one down to a Harlequins pipe, missed them, and hit me, and I was hooking. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I was on receiving end of one of those. Uh, no, it was pure pressure, honestly. And normally your props hold you up for a couple of seconds, and you back, you back to good to go that time, I had a quite a nasty I held my breath. And you can see how the two of them just leave me go. and bump, hit the deck. I woke up. I thought it was a Tuesday. Uh, I honestly did. And then within seconds, your background, it was nothing like uh concern. It was just where you sort of pushing. Oshkump's going well and we're pushing so hard. I've twisted my neck a little bit and trapped my... Uh, uh, I couldn't breathe a little bit. So it's it's more of the fun passing out ones and uh, actual knocker. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and, and that game becomes special. Obviously, it's a massive win 40 points and and from a Welsh perspective there was a lot of Welsh influence on our win. Um Learf was superb, George North scores, um Jimmy Roberts scores, and but I think obviously the the front front five five in the pack dominate this scrum and and to talk about the guy next to you who's, who's a, good, a very good mate of yours, I know he is, and, and he was uh, probably the best tight dead in the world at one stage, Adam Jones. Um, he was outstanding at all, he? and he was just, uh, I can't imagine how good he was to play next next well, against them.
2: Um, well, it's a testament to the bloke when he was the first t- name on any team sheet for the, first, uh, the 10 years prior to that, you know what I mean? He's just incredible. From the day where Hansen used to take him off after 20 minutes to the creature he'd become, he was just uh, a phenomenal block do you mean and he, he, there there was no one like him he, he was the first name on every team sheet he was the cornerstone of your team with a scrum and you know what it's like if you you've got a good scrum yeah you, you've got a good platform you can yeah. anyone can play behind that do you know what I mean even you yeah. from, uh, I would have been
0: I reckon I would have had Malabar chat Dave for Lions if uh, if I <laughs>
2: played uh, no he was his quality and then it was that, just literally after that game, they changed the rules then to mm. uh, different rules. And I remember that day he said to me, Rich, uh, it's going to make average props good and good props bad. And, uh, and unfortunately, that's where he sort of uh, didn't become the name, first name of the team sheet anymore. It was more the old ripped up technical props then.
0: Yeah, and I I, I think he's... he's... What I love about him, I think, well a lot of people love it. He's prop. He's a proper Welsh bloke, and he still oh, yeah. still know what eloquence. And there's that video of him coaching on the mic, and oh, yeah, it's amazing. And, and you see him, especially in the summer rugby, when they go to the coaches' box, he's there. Uh, everyone's got like jumpers on. He's uh, sitting there, sitting in vest, flip flops.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, He's beat, he is built like a seal, mind. So he's, he's built, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's he's again a good good human and he's uh I great bloke, you know.
0: And, and and he's gotta be we talk about coaches, he he could be you know the John Humphreys there at the minute, but he could be a future
2: uh, scrum coach like like a Graham Rumtree for Wales, couldn't he? And percent I think uh, I, like again, I think when you're too passionate for something, like I said about Sean, Adams the same with scrum. He truly loves scrums. Uh him and Mervyn Davis are, are just two characters <laughs> who just absolutely adore scrums, and I mean they probably go to bed dreaming about scrums. And <laughs> and again, it shows. And you know, like he gets high accolades off most of the English boys. You know what I mean? How much they've uh, they've helped? He's helped them. Yeah, I think Kyle Sinclair is
0: very um, very complimentary about him and, and what he's done. And uh, as we talk about tours, obviously uh, a good mate of yours again, David Dyers has asked. Um, what player did you get on with who you thought you wouldn't? What's the play?
2: Ah, uh, probably Paulie Carnell. Uh Obviously, I played against him from Munster and for Ireland. He's a cheating, big, lanky, and ginger bastard, and uh, I hated him. Uh, I hated how good he was a cheater and how good he was a player. And he ended up being my first roommate, uh, and he was completely different to what I thought. The uh, complete opposite. I mean, he wasn't serious. He was a good laugh, good, good fun. He just lay on his bed, gloating himself. It he, he was just—he uh, <laughs> was just another character. You know I mean, and, uh, and that's it. That's what the best thing. Is. Like at the end of the day, whatever nationality we were, you were, know, you're rugby blokes. The end of the day, you're the same creatures. Uh, well, it was no—you have very rarely come across any sort of dicks in rugby, and it's, it's definitely none of that tour. It was—it was a great crack. Yeah, was, and every place you moved you, you you changed room, so you got to meet everyone. So it's uh Best best roommate to add on that tour? Uh probably Paulie. <laughs> uh yeah, he's a good crack. Everybody come and see Paulie. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he was good. He was good. Uh he was yeah.
1: His books right, are I, quality reading,
0: fellas. Yeah. He's, he's obviously involved with Ireland, I was forwards coach, and I and absolutely echo your, your thoughts. With um, and you've experienced it when you went to Gloucester, obviously, that everyone's a rugby bloke, so obviously, working in England, they're all the same. It's like being back in the Queens or being back in the Stars, they've just got a little bit of a different accent. And uh, That's talking, I'm gonna to have to get a, a, a Millfield boy on, you. Yeah? Um, another prop you worked with, uh, Mako. I was uh. Uh, what was he like? A bit
2: of, bit of a loose goose. Mo- the most well in Tongan English man you ever heard in your life. Unbelievable. Uh, first, as soon as I met him, I thought, you know, where are you from? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and he's a great broker. And go to Hong Kong, we played the badmads first. From well, I was a couple of us. I was still out about two thirty, three in the morning. He's still buying bottles of vodka. you know what I mean, uh, to midweek, go to sneak into. Uh the, the food court for like cake club. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Marco's another good good creature. To be fair, uh, so I got on well with him, and you could see how good he was going to be uh, just on that tour. Yeah,
0: um, and we I, I, just obviously as a British, uh, the only thing you haven't done in a Welsh shirt is is playing a World Cup, and and I know how, how much you wanted to play in a World Cup, and. And as with that famous story with Tony Price uh, said in the golf club that um he said I had to and he just you just kind of went, Oh, all right. Then <laughs> he you said, miserable bastard, and then he got in a car and a radio. Richard but has been uh, dropped from the 2015 World Cup, but all I can see is Tony Price go, oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you were in for the 2011 one, and I think you would have you 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 would have had a. Great crack at that Lloyd Burns went on and and a teammate of yours who invented was brought, was outstanding on that, that trip. But uh, I think you would have you would have added a, a massive thing for him. And then 2015, uh, what do you have any regrets about not playing in the World Cup? Is it a
2: big thing for you? or is it? you well, don't I did the 2007 camp as well. Uh,
0: oh yeah, you involved. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's been three camps, and World Cup camps are a fucking nightmare. Uh, So to do three and not go is uh, something, uh, it is difficult. Like 2011 was a tough one. I got injured before it, came back uh, from a shoulder injury. I think I must come back about two months ahead of schedule. Uh, Managed to get to play the Argentina game on the Saturday before we left on the Monday. Uh, 55 minutes on the clock, free kick of the scrum. I was when the Welsh pitch was shit, where he just kept cutting up all the time. So I've stepped back, uh, stepped forward to go forward to, uh, as they top the free kick. Stepped back in the divot where from the scrum, to my ankle uh, went straight after the game to the uh, Cardiff Bay, had a scan. I remember Carcass, a uh, small game. Not Rich, World Cup's over uh, before he even started. Uh, it was no good. 2015 was a tough one. Because again, the camp to this day is still the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, went to Switzerland that year and we did some just some crazy stuff. You think Larkman's uh, fitness is tough. <laughs> uh, it was so hard in Switzerland. I think it was the fourth night I was looking for flights home. I think <laughs> oh, I can't do this. Uh, and bear in mind, I just signed for Gloucester at the time. So I, I can remember my first the, one of the team meetings in the Gloucester game. And I think it's it's a weird year and David Humphreys put up my screen, look, if we play all our league games, we go all the way in the cup this year and win it, you have to do extra two playoff games. So I think it was a 42-game season for Gloucester that year. Uh, yeah, so... And once you sign for an English club, they want you to play for an English club. Uh, so you mm-hmm. play uh, no matter what. So it was a tough season. I remember the last game, I think our last game of that year was May 31st uh, and the training camp started on June 1st. So, I went out in for two weeks anyway for, for the, the welfare cause and stuff like that. And, yeah. But like, I'd pick up an injury earlier in that summer uh, and Costa played for, it It's only plantar fasciitis but it's a nightmare like, you can hardly run so you just get what you need to do, what do you do for the game? Uh play the autumn for Wales. It was that game where they let release me. Uh well they tried to rest my foot for one of the, the, the one of the games and as soon as they did that Gloucester snapped me back and I had to be on the bench of the Gloucester. And I all kicked off. Uh again I limped through Christmas period limped to the Six Nations. Uh uh played the first few in the Six Nations, rightly so dropped towards the end. And uh because of the injury, because it, it was just a roll-in from the Lions, the Ospreys operation, another injury in the Gloucester. And it was just like time we got to June, before the World Cup camp started, I was my body was just decimated. Like I remember the last game against I think I was against Bordeaux. I had probably tape on every joint. Uh I was thinking, oh, I think I lasted 50 minutes of that game when I was, I was dust. So it was always going to be tough going to that World Cup. Uh, uh, and like, uh, you dropped me like, in fairness, I was wrecked. I, I wasn't wouldn't, I wouldn't fit enough because of injury all that year. Uh, some of the other boys did deserve their places and, mm. and to be fair like you look back at the whole Gatland's period he, he always got the big cause right so uh, yeah, you can never sort of be bitter with him
0: yeah and and you obviously you scored in your last appearance I remember we were out in Portugal a couple of stars boys and we seen him score and we had to neck or whatever we had on us but uh, a question from all of who probably know who it is but a question from the who sent me a WhatsApp what's tougher a Gatlin training gun? camp am trying to get David Dyers a buy a coffee
2: <laughs> Dyers buying a coffee 100% <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I, it's always ended up being done and uh, that's why I had to buy a flipping coffee shop in the end because uh, <laughs> I, <buying> <laughs> uh, I, I need to go to the toilet so Josh I'll let you uh, have
0: a chat and I'll be back.
1: yeah nobody's worries Ford fella but uh, obviously Richard played. you know I draw many different sides and I think a few questions have been sent in to ask you was, um, you know, who's probably the, you know, what's the toughest opponent you've played against? I mean, every time, you know, anyone plays South Africa, the word physicality is, is thrown around like there's no tomorrow, but if you had to take one side, you know, the toughest to play against, would it be?
2: Oh, I, I don't mind playing against South Africans because I know which way they run in. They're running straight, so <laughs> it sort of suits me. I quite enjoy that. Uh, I quite quite enjoy the man test with that one. Uh, Probably the toughest team, like, play against McCaw and the Pococks, they, those other boys are, like, we have, the team we picked early in the week and you give some poor sod the bib, pretend to be uh, Pocock or McCaw all week and the boys would whack shit around him in training and he wouldn't get near the ball, like, uh, so we think, oh, it would be sweet going into the game and you go into the game and you fucking first Rack the bastards over it and stolen the ball. And you can hit them with a the fucking you run them over the lorry and they're still not moving off that ball. So, <laughs> so they, they they are definitely up there. It's a hundred percent, yeah. Many times you had to take the bib in the week. No, unfortunately, they normally give it to a poor back rower. So <laughs> <laughs> a poor back rower that weren't involved is going to get hammered that week.
1: Uh, what could have been, but if you aren't, uh, if i hadn't being converted into a guy
2: yeah, exactly,
0: yeah. As uh, are we talking bin juice bibs, are we? I was uh, I was Ed Reilly tonight for the Premiership. At one stage, I was Kerry Sweeney. One week, I was Bloody James Garland. The other week, I, I love love a, a, a tr bib.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, because you get whacked the, f- the coat off.
0: Yeah, um, uh, yes. and and obviously you all end disappoint. At point over Wales and. And it, you you moved on to um, uh, Gloucester and I, I'm currently working with uh, two ex-bar players and, and I know the passion for rugby down there and and I've heard about obviously the wreck and you know about obviously King's Home and then um, speaking to you. And was that the right move at the right time to leave Wales and, and have a fresh start?
2: It was. I was 10 years at the Ospreys at the time and uh, things were changing there, uh, different personnel. My mates would go in. It was sort of, it would stay, and you'd probably, yeah, still probably enjoy it, but it would have been not the same, you know. And I always find it a different challenge, because uh, uh, like you can play so long, you, you can be like the, the kiddie of that park. Do you know what I mean? You go to a different park and there's bigger kids in it, you know. So going to the prem, and I totally underestimate the prem. I'm not being lying to you. I, uh, probably the Gosto fans thought like, who the fuck is this guy we've signed Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I was I weren't that good in the first year you know and they, uh, completely because I underestimated how tough it was it was such so attritional it's such a hard league to play in it's relentless it's no, it's, a, it's not an understatement the best part about it is re- regulation you know, relegation because everybody's fighting for their life even the bottom teams are so tough to play against. Like, you beat Boss one week and then you lose to Worcester the following week, or you go up to Newcastle and, and lose up there, or you lose a home in Newcastle. Do you know what I mean it was just, oh, it was so hard? Do you know what I mean, or we beat Saris at home and then the following week we lose to someone below us? And it's just because every game is is crazy tough. Yeah, and I I, I
0: remember watching your, your debut against Northampton and that first 40 minutes was a bit of a, it was an eye-opening field. but I remember watching it, we were sitting in the cricket club, funny enough, it was a Friday night, and Northampton were, they were, they were okay, they were probably on their run of, they just won the, on in the playoffs, and, all that. and I thought, oh, they, and Gloucester had signed a few good players like yourself and a few others, but that will be a good game, and then, after a half hour, it was like, fuck, they, Northampton are doing well, yeah. and then, I don't know, that must have been the same view to think that, it was a proper battle and, and like you may have played like uh, Osprey's play, I don't know, at, um, a Treviso or a Munster or a Connaught or someone who probably, they're away from home, you kind of think, but in the English Premiership, it's, it's every game means something. Then four oh, points. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: so I can remember the, <laughs> I did like a, the Claire Bowling show. Where I said, Oh yeah, we'll be contenders. I'll be definitely up there. Definitely. I think we finished ninth that year. Uh, and that first game, Northampton away. New coaches, new players. I uh, wanted to lose fifty five points was a was the rude slap that we needed, you know. Uh, so yeah, it, it was tough. And it was, it was a welcome to the league. Uh, obviously, playing as Hartley, he was there, and yeah, it were not a great experience on my Gloucester jerseys. Uh, the first one. But I had many where I loved it there, you
0: know. Yeah, and and they probably they definitely have, and and I think it's world Round, the most famous, the uh, famous stand in 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 English, the English rugby, but a world rugby, the shed, and and uh, what what was your experiences uh, played on the especially on a Saturday afternoon, was, uh, like a traditional kickoff time in front of the shed.
2: Oh, it's mental. In fairness, the Glossalot are a mad bunch of bastards, and (laughs) I agree. It's no understatement. Like uh, the shed people are nuts. They get there. They 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 the game before we hit the game, and they all got this like four inch spot they stand on in the shed. It's all all stand, and anyone else stands in this spot, oh, it's it's going to be riots. Uh, But but no, and the best thing about them and they they if you go out there and play for the jersey and play for the badge and just leave everything you can out there, they love you, no matter what, no matter if you win, lose or draw, they just know you've you been for pride for the jersey and uh, they they do love you. And yeah, if you lost, you go to Tesco's on Sunday and you see this really old Gloucester jersey sort of following down the aisles, you see him <laughs> at the top, you see him on the next aisle and you think, all right, I'm going to go the other way and then, They'll clock you down one of the aisles. Ah, oh, so what happened yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, they are, they're a great, great support. And like, travelling support as well. And then even when I was playing with the Dragons, they still, a couple of fans were still going to other Dragons games in a way, you know, so it's like, it's crazy. And, I, and I, we we go there when obviously we put the video out of um
0: of James up kicking off that um penalty against Saracens to win the game and it, it, it all kicked off as soon as soon as you retweeted it. We had people from Gloucester following us, there was people everywhere just following us straight away because that's how much they loved. Like obviously because you put the effort in you went up the night. you won play one, yeah. Is, is it did it win support this player or was it Players and supporters. Uh, supporters was, and, yeah. and that season, and I know again, Adam Jones uh, tweeted the need to ask if you had an injury because you hadn't been picked on the Welsh tour. And <laughs> I think, obviously, it's refreshing sometimes to get away with it. Been, and I think, especially in a club like Gloucester, for the supporters, the picker was player of the year, that you, you've you had to have had a good season to, to for a, to the Gloucester fans to pick you as player of the year.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was it, to this day, it's probably still one of the. Uh my favourite things I've done, do you know what I mean? Uh I sort of something sort of you, you feel like you owe the fan something there. Do you know what I mean? You you're lucky enough to pull in a jersey for them and uh they such an incredible support. You sort of owe them it, uh, if uh, if that makes sense. So uh, and don't get me wrong, we we well we were, we were two car challenge cup three cart challenge cup finals, one once lost it twice, so we weren't massively successful, but the, the support was just seconds And then uh, you can't, uh, you can't ask for more. And uh, that was refreshing. That really refreshed me when I moved out of Wales, you know?
0: And I think we are. And I, I, even for work and in terms of uh, coaching and styles and different things, and it is refreshing to get out to the, the country and, um, Josh, you obviously used to face that when you were a cricket captain of it all, but you owed the fans. I mean, they knew because you otherwise you'd have all the old heads slate new on a Saturday night when you're having a beer. So, you yeah, know, very
1: guys, similar you know. levels, but <laughs> Barbara and Gloucester Rugby. Very, uh, <laughs> very relatable, mate.
0: I mean, that's why we the Batal Sports Podcast. It's all relatable.
1: I mean, to be fair, the closest I got to that is probably uh, Derek Lowe chasing me Morrison Morrison's asked me what the fuck happened. Actually, right, you know, like, the worst thing, the worst thing Derek Lowe told me when playing down the ground, I think I got out first ball against this, walked back, and then walking back in, you went, Josh, you were know the best thing about that was? You lost some weight walking there and back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Simon Lowe, Lowe's old man?
2: Yeah, I think so, yes.
0: Yeah, yes. he does. Well, he says he knows who, so. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I did but uh I don't know. you probably get it all levels of, to some extent to do when... Uh, when things aren't quite going going the right way. And I think, yeah, when, I think when you get an affiliation with something, as you know, Rich said with the Gloucester fans being so so supportive of stuff, yeah, you probably do feel as if you owe people something and you know, like to do it uh at the style Richard did. I can't you know, I can't imagine how, how good I would have felt and uh he probably in, in move on to this when when he won that challenge cup and obviously it'd do with Hockey as well. So give that back to the supporters Rich. I must have felt brilliant.
2: Yeah, it was great. Obviously, because it was a new team that year, new coaching staff, new everything, and you sort of, sort of, want to to rep- repay that faith. You know what I mean? To go in a cup ring, uh, uh and win it, and we we beat Edinburgh in the stoop in the end. and yeah, it, it was phenomenal. It was good. It was a good couple of days in the piss. I remember I brought a lot of cigars out, and I remember hooky taking a drag cigar and then a pump on his Asper pump. So, uh, so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was really good. It was, it was something good. And then what was it? The following year we got knocked out by Newport actually at our place. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I think Dan came up to watch it. Yeah, you did, yeah Dan come and uh, yeah. Matt came up. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was meant to come up, but we had it was around April time, so there was a couple of rearranged fixtures. I remember that. It was like a twelve o'clock kickoff, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, uh, and we got totally blindsided because, as teams do, they write off the Dragons, and uh, we sort of looked towards Montpellier the following week and, uh, or the following game, and uh, any sort of lack of respect in rugby, it get thrown up. I think we did that day.
0: It was, it was your your last season was when you lost to the Blues as well,
2: wasn't it? Was it you That's, didn't play? Last, yeah, yeah. you were injured. Was you? Yeah, you were injured, weren't you? Yeah, 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 I got, yeah. I got ill towards in the middle of the year and I couldn't play and for for a bit.
0: Yeah, and and I I think that would have probably been a nice way to to, to go out when they beat them, especially
2: yeah. and especially in Bilbao. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, oh, well, um, the team didn't a good time on that one as well. Yeah, I, I, I argued
0: a few stories about it, and there's you had a couple of Welsh boys who were doing it in terms of uh Ross was there and, and, yeah. and Owen Williams, and yeah. and unless they're the better, but um,
2: yeah, a lot better, I said. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's he, uh,
0: talk about we, we, I think this must be just obviously affection for, for tight deads, but. You you posted when you went back to play Bristol a couple of months back in the in the European Cup. Um you, you posted it, it was good to catch up with John Fowler and and uh, he was a he was another top, top player. Uh, you
2: oh, with, the, the guy's phenomenal. There's no one way to describe him. He's a... he's a, fuck fuckers a back stuck in a tight to his body. Uh <laughs> the skills in the block. Someone who epitomizes like um uh, he, he he is the ultimate rugby knows and he absolutely loves it. He thrives in the rugby environment, you know. He's never down. He's never pissed off. He's just he's constantly happy, which, being a Welshman, I like to be negative. He, to my death, <laughs> most of the time. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, I tell him, fuck off once, for well, you You can stop being so fucking happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, On a training pitch, it's too much of an eruption of laughter. So, uh, yeah, he's just he's quality. Even though you look at him now, he's he's carving it for Bristol. Yeah, uh, I mean like.
0: Well, you can you can tell he's been happy without that. Have you seen the footage of him running back out at halftime at the end of the, yeah, yeah, the air doing the Super he man,
2: Yeah, Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's John. It's his, he's, that's his character, you know.
0: But especially in these times, especially with the lockdown, like you need them characters, in, especially in the professional game because you play. You need them characters because. You are—you're excuse me, you're living in a bubble, and you because you you can't really do much. Look at look at Josh Adams, for example. Um, obviously, I, I know it's probably a, he's made a mistake, but he's been crucified for that now. And and you you know you can't do anything as a as a as a person because you've got to abide by laws and and the COVID regs and and to have someone like Jonathan now is probably a godsend to have in your team because he'd keep you positive.
2: That's it. You get him in the, in most squads. You know, you always got that couple of characters uh, lift the mood you know Uh, you go in you might have lost but they're still happy as fucking like I said to my detriment most of the time because I was a grumpy bastard but uh, no it's great and I think if I look at the one thing uh, when I do eventually retire I think that's one of the things I will miss the most is the the crack you know Uh, is like the boys are bastards. Don't get me wrong. Like, because when you're down, they'll kick you when you're down. Uh, they'll kick you hard. Uh, but when you're not down, you're kicking someone else's down. It's yeah. just—it's a weirdly strange, horrific sort of victim environment, you know. I, I, I
1: think
0: at every the, level. I think
2: we're, it? we're missing the
0: most, especially. Um, I was talking like you don't miss the big nights at the minute, but I certainly miss the Tuesday and Thursday training sessions when you, you can go in the quins after it and and you've had a shit day in work or you've had a long day or a long week and you go in the Quinns on a first night and Andrew Dacey's showing up the beer tokens around for beers and you're, just, you're back in you, whatever troubles we've got and, and and people are just grilling it when we haven't done a cricket, don't we, Josh? That It's the worst place to play. when If we're going to duck or you're on a bad run of form. the worst place to play is a cricket because there's no sympathy. And if we do well, if we score 100, there's no they, they still will pick out the flaws because that's the bunch of boys they are and they they'd give you shit. That's the true worst sense, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and Josh, that's and that's we've said that. That's what we're missing with we, that that just that togetherness kind of thing in the social side.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I think it goes out saying, especially growing up at all, but I think uh, people let you know that you're not as you're not quite as good as you think you are, but you're never as bad as you think you are either. I think that's probably uh but, uh, no, like, as you said, Rich, like, in the changing room, that's probably that's probably even what we miss. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the level where, as, as you said, when you're down, everyone's giving you a shoe in as well in the change room. It's a bit of a laugh. But, um, you know, the weeks are ticking by. Hopefully, we're getting closer to, uh, to abusing each other again. <laughs> if that's, fact, if that's a weird way to look forward to uh, lockdown finishing. Yeah. And,
0: and so, obviously, we we move on to uh, the latter part of Korea now, and, and you come back to to Wales into the Dragons. And from from my point of view, obviously you keep interest in the Dragons, um, but because of the furthest uh, region away from when I didn't, I never had a very keen interest. But because you've been there, obviously there's there's a interest, and in, and obviously me, I sit with my old man uh, and watch a game and. And he and will say, oh, fuck. he's he's looking. He looks like he fancies it today. And he'd be like, oh, I don't want it today. Does he is a bit big cold for us? And I'm like, but my old man and and myself have become obviously big drag as fans because you're there and and the connection of um, you know, how we we met is through through my father and and mm-hmm. taking him to that South Africa tour in the car, uh, yep. taking him David Morgan and and uh, and a funny story actually when when I broke my leg when I was 15. Um I was waiting in hospital and I had a phone call off of or my father had a phone call off of, of Ibad to say, uh and he, he rang me and said, Do you want some kit? I said, Yeah, yeah, I'll have some kit. He said, oh, I'll send you some kit. So he sent me like a big travel bag of kit. But the only thing that would fit me was a sock. So my father used to go around in all Osprey stuff to me because <laughs> cause, cause all of what I bed had sent was was my father's. So he had Welsh tracksuit tops. I had lovely like Adorama socks and I was it when I got, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, cheers. But um, yeah, we, we, and I think that's not just our household. I think a lot of people in, in Batal, especially from the Quins and Tabak, have become avid dragon followers because of that. And it, um, what, what was the decision behind it? What was the reason behind going to the Dragons?
2: I, uh, I sort of got sucked in but Bernard, to be fair. Uh, no, I think. I had four years in Gloucester. Uh, they just changed the coach to Johan uh, Ackerman, who, yeah, he, he won my cup of tea. Uh, I enjoyed the the previous coach. I loved the DOR. I loved everyone else. Uh, and funny enough, Bernard, in, in all fairness to him, he did some wrong things, but what he tried to start with the Dragons of getting... All the boys outside Wales back into Wales, signing Ross, signing uh, Bev, Javi, or, or, or Rods, Jordan. Do you know what I mean signing these boys uh, was a right idea? And like, gone in the days where the Dragons used to be a fucking nightmare, to fucking play against. Uh, they used to be a real fucking uh, a tough team. Do you know what I mean they were dirty Newport bastards at the back in the day with the Ringer and Goffy and Charts and all them? Do you know what I mean? So he had the right idea. Uh, he didn't sort of have the right plan, unfortunately. But now the the bloggers come in, like, Dean, fuck me. There's, again, like, I should be in the latter years. And he's sort of got me excited for rugby again, which is weird. Uh, every so often someone comes along with like that. and really gets you uh, excited and enjoying the game again. Uh, and I was dreading him coming in because I've heard so many stories about he's a fucking lunatic. he you come in a room and one of them be nice, and the next week you go out and someone pisses him off, and he comes in and like a fucking bull. Uh but he's completely different. I think he's learned so much from himself over the last few years and where he coaches and what works. And he's perfect for this group there because uh, they have got some fucking gems in that team. Uh They always do, and they always teams do happen. Is the gem they they polish those gems, and then the gems get taken by the other clubs, you know. Like uh, uh, fucking, all of them, like uh, Toby, you got uh Amos, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tyler, he, these boys, like uh, they really polish these jumps up and then they just they go because they go probably because they feel like they have to, if they want to achieve something, do you know what I mean? But with Dean now with the helm and and the way he's driving the squad, it's, it's great. It's great to be part of even though I know I'll probably just be be part of the beginning of it. Uh, but it'd still be good to be uh, the start of the thing that uh, turns them back into the powerhouse they should be.
0: yeah, And no, no, I think they, they're on their way back up. And and Richard, I know we push for time. So we've we we we've been, obviously, it's, we could have had a part two, yeah, because we've gone on <laughs> so much. And, yeah, I think we, we'll go to questions from the public. Um where well, the first one's got to be, and this comes from Jack Bowell straight away. Who batted you on tennis? park tennis courts.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, there you are. See, that's another twi- that's another thing. It's like if I said it on Twitter, I want to go whacked. <laughs> uh, someone was whacking golf balls into the in the park next to us. I decided to shout at it. Someone say "Fuck up, sort you out." Uh, I said, "No." He goes to get his nephew. His nephew jumps over the tennis and batters me. Uh, <laughs> I hope a movement. I didn't go down, man. I still, I took it like a man. I stood up, uh, went off crying. Uh, I hope he still loves that story because it's the only time he's ever seen me filled in. That's the only thing he's got on me. So, don't believe him.
0: Um, the uh, question from from Joe Clark: uh, Which player uh, lifts the most in the gym? Any lift? Who have you seen who lifts the most?
2: Oh. Uh, Johnny Boyfower, he's asked to grass squat 250. He's impressive. Like uh, the deadlift, and I've seen the, some uh, some big deadlifts, uh, Valve re, repressive, uh, and he was deadlifting in 300s, I'm sure he was. Uh, I know Foxy did like a clean of 140. It's, 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 it's some strong boys out there, do you know what I mean? Uh, and to be fair, they all fucking specimens coming from the gym now. It's yeah. just a joke.
0: There's uh, a question from a teammate of yours, uh, Sam Davis. Uh,
2: <laughs> does rat. he
0: ever buy coffees or monsters for anyone in return?
2: No <laughs> fucker buys me monsters. I get my own monsters. <laughs> 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 and the monsters and the coffees are put up with that little shit.
0: <laughs> he's uh, good to see him back tomorrow, actually. Um, Sam, yeah, he's been he's, good for us. He's been outstanding since he signed for the Dragons. Um one from a from a a Quins player, Conor O'Callaghan. Yeah. Who's your favourite Quinns player? And do. And do you and Tyler Hopkins
2: watch watch each, each other there. <laughs> Tyler is trying to be a a, a, a market stall version of me. <laughs> uh, and my favourite Quinns player, Schnoob. Schnub, what a boy! I'm
0: torn. There, absolutely. Um, they they're a good group of boys, and I I I know we we push for time, but
2: um, oh, I was I am ridiculously surprised how tight that score is. It's a berserk. Uh, I'm so impressed. It's such a great group of boys. Like they're <laughs> so keen. Uh, I've never seen so my like, fucking after dragon boys as keen as half these boys, it's just impressive, you know. Yeah, we we I I'd say definitely say when I was um their uh, last year
0: coach and obviously I want to play a bit when I'm back home next year. Um just so I don't know, just yeah. dropping it and I want to play a bit next year. Definitely um,
2: the team. <laughs> but the yeah team. <laughs>
0: they're they're absolute headers and, and they're good swingers, but they're a bloody good side as well. And and when we train they, they switched on when we train people like Fainan nano the absolute pinnacle of Edda. When yeah. he trains he's 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 a very good player, but he'll drive him and we'll have to do a a part two just on the Quins, Rich we'll have to do a live we're opening to a live show in the Quins, so you'll have to be on the panel
1: oh yeah
0: uh, uh, we'll we'll keep quiet our coaches meetings we had during the first lockdown because uh, we don't want to go far too far into that but off Neil Pugsley would you rather fight one horse size midget or
2: ten midget (laughs) or ten midget size horses Ah, oh, well, there's a fucking story. You know, I worked at the door when I was 18. Uh, I've been town in Oswald's, The Welcome, and Carlton, And the only person to this day I ever checked out was fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, He becomes like my, oh, when we go together, he, he becomes my little handbag. His head starts wobbling, and then he's hanging off my shoulder the next minute. So I would... A horse-sized midget, I prefer. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: a question from Charlie Curry. Uh, obviously, you you got a lot of tattoos. What do the tattoos mean, and what's your favourite?
2: A uh, lot of them were just uh, me being bored in college, and I've gone uh, one of them's drunk at a house party. Uh, <laughs> I woke up with it, so it could have been worse. Uh, <laughs> the the. My leg piece, which has got, uh, like, uh, the family. It's got my missus on there. It's got my kids on there. It's got my mom, my brothers, cap numbers and all that sort of stuff. I finally got one and that uh, meant stuff to me. So it's nice. And it's nice to build the piece because uh, you know what your, your life story is like. It's ever-evolving. It's ever-changing. Ever so it's uh, it's nice. Uh, and
0: one final one off the Vela incident. You know what it is. It's um, Matthew Bradley. Um, obviously we've got um, uh, Bradley's been our tune of the week a couple of times and he said ask him about the full ice bucket instead in Newcastle
2: <laughs> oh another tie back tour now and, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know Kyle Jenkins you know his dad Phil Squarehead yeah yeah uh, I've decided to tip an ice bucket over Squarehead's head Squarehead's had a few beers and he's that's it he's after me he's going to try to fill me in yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't go much further than that. Yeah, um, and the last, uh, the last one, I say the last one
0: is is off Gareth Kappa. This uh, is, this could be a pay-per-view mate, because well, I've, I've seen, seen I've seen, seen the
2: of, biggest Wendy in Fairfield.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen on the on the WhatsApp group of the Quinns already. He's asking, is it true? You're scared of Matthew Lika?
2: <laughs> oh, well, Lika, he's only ever filmed me in once, so when the twins held me down. <laughs> No, uh, to school for three days after it.
0: uh is, is um, he's a, he's a good character. I'm gutted he's not actually physical with us anymore because um, obviously you know him personally, but uh, he's well, you know, all
2: those all those fairfield boys are uh, different creatures. You know what I mean? Uh, I think they are special people.
0: Uh, I, I I I got a comment for. it I think um, the boys of love do coming in because obviously when you see it in a couple of clubs obviously a professional comes in and they they expect this like a standard of professionalism and and the boys were like he's coming in from the dragons and but the boys like Fuck, uh, he's he's one of us right. he's from Fairfield that's right and the boys like Fuck, exactly he's one of us and obviously we've been out the last couple of times uh, in the socials and and I know we had a in our coaches meeting ridia torture to have a do 12 or with the boys and <laughs> and the boys are they love are loving you and, and hopefully before long, we can have we can have some rugby and we can get into it, and yeah. uh, we can see the actual things. But, Ibs, thank you very much for um, thanks for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I wouldn't I have said and mentioned this, so obviously, um, a good mentee, as his brother Michael, is is aiming to cycle eight hundred seventy four miles, um, to raise money for uh, MBT Mind, which is a local mental health charity, and me and Josh have obviously supported quite a while um it's to support the children and the families within our community who are finding it uh things more difficult um so i'll share the link uh on our instagram and twitter page but mike um we're all with you. um 874 miles is a is a tough old uh, slog so i drive, a, drive a you drive uh, you and me so Mike, great work um Ibs you know stand in. hopefully we'll have a beer soon and, and we'll yeah. get our live show going down uh, down the Quinn so we'll get all that'll,
2: of it be <laughs> interested.
0: Yeah. Josh, Josh any final words for uh, for Rich
1: no I think just, uh, just like what you said Rich um, no, thanks a lot mate for your time Was really appreciated I know we've, uh, we've probably kept you a bit longer than uh, we should have but no we do really appreciate it I think uh, you know, listening, sitting down with people like yourself and and, and James and and, and Wendy, and the other people we've sat with the last couple of weeks and so, you know, hear their stories, has been um, has been brilliant. But I think it was a perfect way for us to finish our first lot of pods. For I think uh, we're gonna have a a month or so off now, is it? Have a yeah, I think yeah. and, and plan the next lot. But I think when we come back, we've got a few things. We think we're looking to do the Welsh Three Peaks and we in in May yeah. and raise some money for um, for a charity and. We even have a theme song next time we uh, do
0: one of these. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. And and for us, letting him off uh, not drinking tonight, Rich, I hope to see an Econorm in the, in the Quinns group for the weekend. <laughs> it can be Saturday or it can be for Welsh Games Sunday. It's up to you. But I, I'll, I'll text the boy now tonight to tell him I expect the and on few on Saturday.
2: We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well,
1: our last, our last thing, for Rich, Score prediction for Sunday, but
2: Oh... I'm I'm confident now, boys. I'm going to go twenty-five, twenty-one,
1: twenty-five, twenty-one.
2: Great way to
0: start. Um, thank you, everyone, for the first season. Um, We've we'll been more in touch, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you to Richard Lippert. Cheers, Rich. Bye, guys. Thank you.
2: Bye. See you, Rich.